So welcome back to Your Mental Health Matters. Uh, as I say before every episode, and I'm going to continue to say, uh, what this space is, is a space where we can all just be able to talk about things that we've experienced, talk about things going on in our mental health that we don't usually, or may not able to just speak out usually. Like I say in everything, experience for me is a big teacher. I understand that like if, if you're able to learn from other people and see what they've gone through, and it can match what you're going through. It can help you get get through it. So, I really thank my guest today. I'm gonna let her introduce herself. Hey guys, I'm Sally. Real <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, simple. <laughs> no, you have to give us a full back 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 background. Like you sing, you're a writer. You have to what? Okay. Tell us more about so, you. I'm Sally. Went to Buffalo State. Woo woo. Um, I'm about to start my master's program for education in August, which I'm super excited about. Um, I am a BIS, which is a behavior interventional specialist for the autistic population that I am in love with. Like, I love my job so much. Um, and then I also sing, I write, I record, I write for other people. It's a whole bunch of stuff. A longboard, just random. <laughs> so weird girl from random, multi multi-talented. <laughs> Before we get started and segue into our conversation, the first thing I ask, well, I'm always gonna ask is how are you? How how are things? Um, they're weird. Uh <laughs> I'm good. Um I'm definitely good because I'm making sure that I'm good, uh, which is like been the biggest thing about this uh quarantine or stay at home protocol thing i've been learning a lot about myself so i'm personally good um but just everything else around me is so weird that i'm just trying to make sure i stay myself amongst the weirdness yeah because you can definitely get lost in it like definitely for sure. so yeah i'm good how are you i'm 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 good i usually when, every time i ask that question every time somebody asks me that question you know the reflexes um you know i'm good yeah oh, i'm but good I'm fine. i like to say it a couple times like all right don't say that if it's not true but i'm i'm terrific man like you said it's a lot of just weird things happening everywhere but right. i'm i'm really happy with like just my mental state like i'm i'm happy with where i'm at i'm happy that it's still moving along i'm happy that some of the old things that may have been affected isn't happening now so right i'm, I'm really good do you I'm feel really like good. you're getting God. some type of clarity out of the situation a lot of clarity a lot right? of clarity. Same. It, it's that time that time to yourself it's something that we all want to take and we all need to take but this time is forcing us to take it so i a sometimes in my prayers yeah in my prayers i kind of say it's a god sometimes where i'm like you know this I don't know if I would have ever had this time, if any of yeah. us would have ever had this time. So I want to make sure that I'm looking at it with the most, with, with clarity and it's bringing a lot of clarity as well. So that's good. I respect that. Yeah, I'm on the same page. And I'm glad you're good. I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad everything's going well with you. Yeah, so I'm it gonna, was a cold winter, but spring's out. Like, you said <laughs> The coldest winter ever, but spring's all right. The spring's all right. <laughs> let's just see how summer turns out. Exactly. Fingers crossed. So I wanted to segue into um, our conversation 
when I when I was thinking about topic, honestly, that was the first thing that popped into my head. And I was like, that's something that a lot of us, we, we I think on a daily basis, we go through in our mind what that looks like and what does happen. The topic of today is uh, what does happy look like to you? Right. And I feel like that when I when I said it in my mind, I said, yeah, that's a loaded question. It's a loaded like, question. That is a sentence, but it's a, that is a loaded question. So that's the same as saying, "Don't worry, be happy." <laughs> uh, it's a loaded phrase. That, when they say that, it's like, I right, so they don't tell you that process that is gonna exactly. say. They just say, "Be happy." <laughs> but I, when I thought of that, I wanted to. Um, it made me think about kind of like I went backwards a little bit before I started to think just about the current time because that's another thing we have to discuss happy right now yeah but what what i thought about when i went back was the construct of what happy was mm. supposed is supposed to look like that we all kind of grow up in and are conditioned to so my first question to you what is really that construct what was what what did happy look like for you growing up what was that thing that your family and everyone around you was telling you this is what happiness looks like um, my parents always told me that happiness was family, happiness was the people that are around you that support you for no reason. Um, happiness is God. That should have been number one, I'm sorry. Father. <laughs> but um that was their whole thing. Go to college, get a degree, have a job. That's that's what happiness is to them. I think it is still to them very, very simple, I think. I don't necessarily agree with that in all of happiness. I think getting your degree and going to school um, is very important. But I think that after that, or in the midst of that, you need to search yourself because just because you have some type of blueprint to follow doesn't necessarily mean that that's God's blueprint for you. So I feel like as a kid, it's easy. Just like, yeah, I'm gonna go to school and stuff like that. But that's why when you go to college, it hits you so hard because you're by yourself now. You gotta figure out what you wanna do. You gotta figure out what makes you happy. and that's kind of what happened for me. I think that's kind of the where that starts. I always say that for me, it's I, I relate to that. That was happiness yeah. for my parents and my family in the sense of you you have God, family, you make sure you go to school, you get an education, you go to college. Yeah. But what what I quickly learned is what you just said. It's about that in that when you're out of college. I guess we'll start from there when you're out of college and then you realize that hey i want to do this say i have this Mm -hmm. interest in that and it's like you don't have the the blueprint for that because you've been conditioned for this blueprint this whole time yeah and i feel for a lot of us that's that's the moment that you can get stuck in a sense where you can get stuck in either saying okay i i don't have the blueprint for this i don't even know where to start so i'm just going to continue with this blueprint because you know i'm getting the degree and all of that but there's you're progressing you're progressing, but you're not really fulfilling yourself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So what, what was, if you can talk about that a little more and in the sense of when you got out of college and obviously you're still going for your master's and everything, but that in-between space of when you discovered that, hey, there are other things I want to do. How, how was that conversation with yourself? And how did you then like let the external everyone else know? Um, well, I'm always saying um, I feel like every church girl kind of just grows up singing. My dad's a minister, so I had no choice. I was in praise and worship, choir, <laughs> rehearsal, all of that. Every Thursday, it was crazy. But um, 
Um, what happened was that I actually went through a very, very dark place in college, like my last few years, because it was that feeling of like, okay, I've been in school my whole entire life. All I know is school. I've been in school since what kindergarten, pre-K, and now I'm going to go into the world and there is no school. There's life now to do. And that scared the shit out of me. And I felt like that really brought me to a dark place where I had to fight to get out of it because it had a lot to do with self-doubt. It had a lot to do with fear. It had a lot, a lot to do with just the unknown. And I just don't like not knowing. <laughs> yeah, so the human condition. Once, exactly. <laughs> so once I had to get over that and I actually worked on myself and got through that, I was like, you know what? I don't want to just get through it. I want to be able to express it because I'm not the only person that's going through these things or I'm not the only person that may be feeling the same way. And at the same time, maybe I could say something that someone can come back to me like, yo, I listened to your song and I want to tell you A, B, and C. That's going to help me along the way. So that's kind of how I got there. It was like, all right, I'm at a dark space. I want to get out of it. And now I want to shine light on it so that if anyone else is in that dark space, hopefully my music or something I say can help them get out of it. Because I've been there. We've all been there before. Definitely. We've all been there before. And that doubt and fear, I think, that's the story that a lot of us we should share more because number one that's something you should celebrate when you wholeheartedly know yo i was doubting that i was afraid i didn't know how it would go but i still i still went about and i still did it so how i guess i I just wanted you to to dive in more into the doubt and fear aspect because i'm one of the the main thing about doubt and fear is is con it's con was a contrast to like what's gonna make you happy it's about yeah what's making you full inside so how that transition i know singing helped but how did you get over that doubt and fear to then be like okay i'm gonna make the transition what was the, those conversations with your conscious mind my conscious was like sis how long are you gonna be playing around with these people <laughs> <laughs> So, and that was that was Selly Stacks talking to me. And like I said, I have a whole bunch, a multifaceted. So Selly Stacks was talking to me like, sis, how long are you going to play with these people? Salam was over here like, listen, just stop. I don't want to do it. And then Selly Chaps is over there like, girl, if you don't get this music going, we got stuff to say. And so basically that's kind of how it happened for me. But the doubt was crazy. It's just like, I know I can sing. I know people tell me I can sing. I know I can, I know I'm talented. I know I'm smart. I I know all these things about myself, but it's just like I had to prove it to myself in a sense. Yeah. And that was the hardest part because you can get told anything over and over and over. But if you don't believe it, it doesn't mean anything. You're going through the motions of it. So basically, I had to sit down and not take what other people were telling me and their compliments. I had to basically sit down and be like, all right, what do I like by myself? Like, all right, I like that I'm smart. I like that I can talk to people that can make people comfortable. Like, there's certain things like that. And that's how I got over the doubt because... I was basically telling myself affirmations like you're this, you're that. You don't have to doubt anything. And at the end of the day and at the start of the day, God has you in the palm of his hand. So what are you worrying about? Like, stop worrying, pray more. Like, that's it. No, definitely. That that conscious discussion you have with yourself, which, Mm -hmm. by the way, I feel like affirmations are like the greatest things. In the really world because are. it really is a conscious discussion you you're taking it out of the unconscious and you're saying it and you're hearing it and the only thing left to the only thing left is to just do it so that's that's really good in in that sense especially when it comes to with fear and doubt it's like you talk 
like the ability to be able to talk yourself out of it is the most important thing because it's like then you can start to, to develop trust with yourself you can develop that hey this is happening this is how i'm feeling i'm sorry wait i can't hear you i think you're i'm back can you hear me yes yes you're back i said it feels so good when you trust yourself like it's one thing to put your trust on other people and it's it's one thing like like when you grow up you put your trust in your parents but like when you get to a certain point at a certain age at a certain maturity level where you're like you know i got this and you have it all within yourself and you're not looking for external factors to secure yeah. or validate yourself anymore i would say like the best feeling ever that i personally have grown to thus far so i know they're yeah. still growing to be done but trusting myself and getting rid of all the doubt and everything that has been probably the biggest thing not for me even when go piggybacking off what you just said that was one of the major battle i had in, mm -hmm. in like my life where it was i was at a, to, to speak freely i was at a point where i trusted myself wholeheartedly and a chain of events happened mm -hmm. that I wasn't responding in the manner that I know myself to respond. So it got to a point where it was just like, I had to sit down and I was like, wait, I don't even trust making this decision. When did that happen? Right. And then I had to start to understand that like, okay, when this happens and then this happens, just find the connection, find how the responsibility, the accountability, and then find how you're gonna move forward. But it took me a while to get to that point of saying, okay, I'm going to, because it's, it's also difficult to sit there and it, I encourage all of us to do it. It's part of the hardest thing, but to take accountability for some, for some shits that you've done, mm -hmm. to sit there and be responsible for some shits that you've done mm -hmm. and see that the chain of events could be changed if you change your actions. Mm -hmm. So, and then once you do that, is when you then can start to redevelop trust in yourself. Exactly. And like you said in the beginning, Ain't nothing feel better than when you trust yourself. Because mm -hmm. nobody can tell you nothing in a, in a real sense because the doubt can't, your unconscious doubt can't come into your mind. But what, the flip side to that is that if you don't have what you're supposed to have inside and you're trying to trust yourself and you're ignorant and you don't know all these things and then you go ahead and trust yourself and like you said, you make these decisions, sometimes it can actually cause the opposite reaction that you actually desire. And exactly. you end up going down a path where you weren't really prepared for because you kind of trusted yourself too early or you didn't give yourself enough time to grow or learn yourself in order to trust yourself. The way you think you know it all at that time mm -hmm. when life is about evolution and you're going to evolve and your mind is going to evolve. And that kind of goes into like our happiness evolving, doesn't it? Because I heard a sentiment once, don't get too high, don't get too low. Right. And also that sentiment that it's crazy how some of your highs can become your new lows mm -hmm. so those things oh, when i hear that everything i hear is that with happiness i kind of need to convert it to being content that's mm -hmm. that's where what i hear because it's like when you when you're when you're able to be content because happiness sometimes is that momentary feeling right. it, it, it comes and it goes Oh, it, and sometimes it's, the unhappiness stays for longer and you got to bring yourself back. But a good way to combat that is just being able to find contentment in just what you have and what you're doing. So mm -hmm. if I can transition into the, into the unhappy times before, <laughs> I think that's something that Why we all... Why are you going to go so deep, yeah? 
I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just <laughs> it happened. It just happened in my I'm mind. I'm just joking with you. <laughs> so when I you. when I think of I think of the unhappy state. So right. I think that kind of says it all. If you were to be able to describe your journey with that, with the unhappy state of just of of life. Um. I guess it would be a journey. Um, for me, it was weird because I'm the youngest of five and my parents were co-parents. Like they were divorced, but they were very much still in my life. Like they held it down their roles. Like I'm very grateful for yeah. But with that being said, when you're the youngest, you tend to have a lot of things controlled for you. And I feel like a lot of people say for you and they do for you and they talk for you yeah. and all this other stuff. And once you get to a point where it's time for you to do that on your own, and um, sorry, some people are commenting, it's distracting. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. It's okay. um, basically, when I got to a point where I had to figure things out on my own and people weren't calling the shots for me anymore, I got super depressed. Like, I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it because that's not the type of person I am, but I got super depressed. I was in my last year of college. Um, like I said, it was that transition of me going from college and grade school and always being in school to being a full-on adult now along with okay I've always been told what to do I've always been shown what to do now I have to go ahead and try and figure these things out on my own and if I keep going back to the same people that have been telling me my whole life I'm never gonna grow so even though it hurt so bad and it was just it felt so lonely I put myself there on purpose like because I knew I had to get through it because I'm the youngest. Like people are gonna look out for me my whole entire life. Like my parents won't won't always be here. By the end of the day, my siblings are always gonna have me. And it's just like I need to show them. I need to show myself. I need to show my parents that I am capable of doing things on my own, and I'm capable of being happy without you guys telling me what my happiness should be. You know? Yeah. And yeah. I think once that actually happened, I even got even more sadder because then once you kind of take off one level you realize that there's so much shit underneath. It's like an iceberg. <laughs> and it's just like, all right, like the tip of the iceberg was so easy. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, like I trust myself now. I'm good. I'm about to start this job, da da da. And there was like other things were coming up from childhood and other things were coming up from teenage years that I still had to battle with. And it's just like, I had the opportunity to either say, eh, I'm good right now. I'm happy. I'm going to leave those things alone that already happened in the past or I'm going to deal with it because at the end of the day, if I don't, they're going to come up later. Exactly. And it's going to be a problem. And they were already coming up. So I had to really just sit with myself a lot. Like, I know I upset my friends often. Like, I used to flake all the time. Like, it was crazy because I was Oh, my God. You were the friend that flake? Oh, God. I was no. a flake. I was the, <laughs> I think. I think I still am the flake until I prove myself otherwise. But I know you <laughs> down that I'm not the flake anymore. But I don't have, like, you know, like, all of the actions to you know get out of the category but i'm working on it i promise but <laughs> basically that's what used to happen to me though like i would i would be working on myself in the midst of trying to have a social life or have a boyfriend or have a job and be in school full-time or whatever it was and i never had enough time to just sit down and work on my shit like and so when i did i was the fleet but i was really just growing but i was growing by myself and what happened is that i got to such a sad point that I had to tell my girls, like, listen, like, this is what it is, this is what I'm going through. And that's when I found out that when you depend on other people, not so much depend, but when you can have a moment to rely on someone or someone else's shoulders there, 
it means a world of a difference because I was able to cry with them. I was able to release with them. They were able to understand me. They were able to say, hey, you're not like an ancient friend. You really just be going through shit. And we understand you. And now we know how to go about it. And that made me cry two different ways of sadness because I felt like I was being vulnerable and I was expressing something I never expressed before. And then tears of joy at the same time. So I'm like, wow. I just did that. I'm so proud of myself. Five years ago, I would have never told anyone anything like that. So that was kind of my journey through the whole sadness, the the dark part of it all and everything like that. But I got out of it and I'm very happy about it. And sometimes telling your truth. Thank you. And sometimes telling your truth is the, the best medicine for it. It's like you think you have to hide these things or you think you have to keep them hidden because you don't want people to know and you'd rather have this face on instead of this one. And it's just like, you know, just be yourself. People are going to accept you or they're not going to accept you. Just decide who's going to be there for you and who's not and move on with it. And that's kind of where I'm at. I, th- I think you hit some, some important points that one, I, I connect with you. I'm the youngest of seven as well. Right. So ha- being from, from when I was a kid to growing up, it's like having things just, the decisions made and people yeah. speaking for you. And, and for me, funniest story is my, my moment of when I was like, okay, I need to prove this to myself. I need to prove this to my family. It just, and my friends, everyone around me was that moment of when I was applying for college. I, sh- I went to John Jay my first year, but mm. then it, it didn't feel right. Like, right. so I made a, and I have Nigerian parents, so. Right. They want you to stay as close to home as possible. They're not trying to hear nothing. And my parents <laughs> lived. In, my parents live in Nigeria, so what I did in that moment, and it's something that like that was my first step of understanding. Like, okay, I can break the construct and create one that works for me. Was people? Everyone that I told this thinks I'm weird, but I made a PowerPoint presentation. TSO. To my family. I respect that wholeheartedly. I've been a PowerPoint presentation to my sister, to my other sister, to my mom and my dad, explaining the reasons why I needed to venture out on my own, explaining the reasons why I felt that like I needed to learn this sense of responsibility, this sense of independence. I didn't know what I was asking for. (laughs) When I was doing all of that, I think I was also being really pushed by like, I didn't want to go away for college, but Mm -hmm. it was that moment when I saw because it was, that was the a scariest very mature thing, thing of you to do. It, I, just, I I have no idea where that came from. I and the PowerPoint came from because in college that whole year we were doing so much PowerPoints. That was literally the only way. So you know what I learned this and I'm gonna use it. I heard and I'm gonna you. use it. And that brought me into a, into a space where I was like, and what you said, I was scared to do that with them, but mm-hmm. their response was learning that okay, we do understand. Oh, yeah. wow, this is. My mom in Nigeria is calling me every day like, I know you're going to go, but I don't want you to go. My mom never let up until the day I went away to tell me, like, I respect your decision, but I don't like it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's even mature of her, though, because there's a lot of parents. Like, even my dad sometimes, like, I have to somehow just do it in order for him to be like, wow, okay, like, you can actually do it. Like, some parents won't even respect you 
or even have that much faith in you or trust exactly. in you for you to be like, listen, I put together this PowerPoint presentation and I'm about to go do this shit. Like sometimes it's like, all right, your PowerPoint presentation was awesome and all, and I know that you're efficient with Microsoft, but I don't think that this is the best thing for you, you know? So, really thought that's how it was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> so kudos to your parents for sure, because they didn't have to respond like that. Like that reminds no, they, me of when did, And that was, that was one of the first moments where I was like, okay, all right, cool. Let's do this. Yeah, like we 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 can make decisions. <laughs> right, right. Then, and that's a different feeling though. Once mm -hmm. you get there, it's a very different feeling. Like yeah. wow, I can make decisions, follow them through, and I just did that because I yeah. wanted to do that. And because that comes back full circle to the trusting, trusting yeah. yourself. And that that's what I said in the beginning where that was when I had those moments. Did it just say we have unlimited time? I didn't see it, love. I canceled it up too early, but um, that came a moment where I saw that like, okay, if I if I'm able to make this decision, that was the moment where I started to trust myself wholeheartedly. Yeah, and that went on for like years throughout college and until that moment in time that I had. And part of it is being vulnerable, but also is is what I learned in that process is the inevitable emotions that come out of it. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I feel like all of us, in, when we want to make decisions and we want to take that independence to ourselves and take that responsibility, we have to understand that there are going to be inevitable emotions that come mm -hmm. out of it. Some that we won't like at all, but, but we'll get you, you to sometimes. A, mm -hmm, but we'll get you to a better place. So, what were those inevitable emotions? I know you touched on doubt, fear. If, if you could touch on it a little, like just a little deeper in regards to like, what were the inevitable emotions that you dealt with personally to then come out of it at the other side? Um, I would say doubt was the biggest one. Um, and I still struggle with that, just self, self-confidence. Um, which is funny because I just actually recently made a new page for self-confidence and it's very controversial right now but it's, it's all a part of the growth though it's just like I I don't know I didn't always trust myself I didn't I always doubted myself and certain aspects whether it was my looks whether it was my smarts my talents and so now that I'm at a point it's just like I'm not gonna let anything hinder me or anyone's opinion hinder me so doubt was a very big one um sadness was was a very very big one um because I'm very, I'm a cancer, so stability is everything to us. So when things start rocking and rolling and shit starts changing, even if it's a good thing, like it's scary. And I was scared. I'm just like, I don't know which way this is gonna go, but I know if I stay right here, I know exactly how it's gonna go and this is my comfort zone. But if I go out here and I step outside my little purple circle, my comfort zone, then who knows what's out there. And it used to make me sad because I'm just like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if yeah. I'm going to be successful. And I guess that goes back to being, I guess that goes back to the whole doubt thing. Um, but I was sad a lot of the times. And um, especially when I was lonely and I had to make decisions on my own, I was sad because I'm so used to people either helping me or doing it for me that yeah. it felt like, it felt like it was like forced loneliness, but at the end of the day, it was like, no, you're growing up. Like you have to go through this. You're, no one's yeah. leaving you. You're, you're just doing life, your own life. And so it was a lot of sadness. It was a lot of doubt. Um, but other than that, I can't really say I had any negative um, emotions other than that. 
I know I was happy. I was very carefree. I was very, once I got to that point, of course, um, of comfortability and vulnerability and being okay with being vulnerable because um, that was another big one. I hated vulnerability. Even mm. singing to me, like, it took me so long. Like, you know Buff State, like, there's so many talent shows. Like, you go walk into the union on a Wednesday, and it's a talent show. And they for no be a for, for no reason. And it's a whole crowd. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's for no reason. And I used to hear people singing, and I, not even trying to throw in the shape. I'd be like, yo, I would kill right now. Oh, man, I wish I had enough confidence to go up there and kill, da 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 And I never did, because I, I doubted myself. I didn't trust myself. But, like, once I got to that point of vulnerability, and I was okay with being vulnerable in front of people, I was like, wow, this actually feels great. Like, I feel naked as fuck, but I'm okay with being naked as fuck right now. (laughs) Like, I'm okay with it. Um, After that, I found a lot of happiness. I found a lot of security within myself, within God. I found a lot of assurance that I thought, and a lot of validation that I was looking for in other people. That was, like, the biggest thing. Um, A lot of validation I, I definitely sought out from other people, and I had to realize that I needed to validate myself. And the reason why I was looking into everyone else and we're looking for their validation is because I didn't have any of my own. And that's who I was waiting on the whole time. Like the whole time, like even with men or whoever else, I'm waiting on them to validate me. I'm waiting on my parents to validate me, my sisters to validate me. And at the end of the day, all I needed was myself. And once I got to that point, everything was over. It's like, well, I should say everything started. Everything started. And, and it was over at the same time. <laughs> that There's, there's um, a Bible, I think it's a, it's a verse. I'm sorry, guys, not to paraphrase, but it's like to to serve God the Lord, you may have to kill what this part of you so that you can literally get this other part. So it's like yeah, I understand what called, you mean. It's that. called the new man, old man. You're supposed to kill the old yeah. man inside of you for you to get to the new man. Yeah. Precisely, precisely. And one thing, one thing I heard in everything you said is comfort zone, mm-hmm. change, and control. I think those three those three things that if we're able to gauge the three c oh wow yeah (laughs) the three c's if we're able to gauge the three c's sorry your phone boy sorry somebody said their phone was gonna die (laughs) bro grab a charger (laughs) they're all over but no where i was going with comfort um change and control is those are like the three things that really can can if you're able to grab a hold of it one yeah. you can't always stay in the content place and when i say content as well i feel like peace is the most important part in that where it's like because none of us like change like none of us but the truth of the matter is though life is all about change like life is all about being able to embrace what just comes and being able to adapt to it and that's that's what the good when good things happen and being able to like take that momentum and make it better and make it better and when bad things happen, being able to see it and then turn it around. So it's like we can't run away from change. And I feel like a lot of us in our mental health, we we say it, but we we we're we don't really know what like exactly what we're saying when we're like, no, nah, I can I, I can adapt to change and all of that. But adapting yeah. to change really means that like, hey, I'm sometimes telling yourself, I'm not comfortable with this. I really yeah. don't want this to happen, but I see the pieces I can put together and it's gonna work out for my for my good. And that, that first comes from stepping out your comfort zone. I think for me, learning that everything within my comfortability, and somebody wrote it, it's about being content but not complacent. So right. everything within my Very comfortability, important. yeah, I just wanted to keep it that way. 
I'm comfortable. And then I got into a, into a place where, in the sense, as I said, my highs became my lows. Mm-hmm. So the things that used to get me happy and all of those things didn't do it for me anymore. And that was because I was fighting change. I was fighting the, the, th- the evolution that was happening in my mind because I wanted to stay in this comfortable place. So can you talk about that evolution for you in regards to, one, removing yourself out of your comfortable zone and also making sure, like somebody said in the um, comments, that you weren't complacent? Um, one, I would like to just say your segues, I don't know if you've practiced these. <laughs> spot on, my gosh. That's just, just spot on, let me tell you. Because I just want to bring that back to you. That was full circle. Like, make a show, if anything. Um, but <laughs> but um, if you can repeat the question, because I'm so silly, I definitely just forgot. <laughs> no, I, the, the question was... Um, First, getting out of your comfort zone, learning that right. process of getting out of your comfort zone, and then making sure making sure that you weren't complacent make, right. once you got out your comfort zone. Um, my comfort zone was so comfy. Oh, my gosh. Like, it had clouds, pillows. It was like a king-size bed. Like, it was so comfy. I because never wanted to get yeah. out of it. Yo, <laughs> like, I, I, felt, I, I felt everything you just said. Fact. Like, I had everything. <laughs> I had a mini fridge right next to me, so I didn't have to leave my room. I'm telling you, my comfort zone was lit. Like, you have no idea. But the one thing about a comfort zone, nothing grows there. And that is the most simple, just craziest thing that I think I ever heard because it's just like sorry I got a phone call I'm gonna put on do not disturb um that was the craziest thing I heard because it just makes so much sense it's just like I remember I was watching the equalizer and I hate quoting movies especially like whatever but it's Denzel so it works but he said (laughs) there's pain there's pain that hurts and there's pain that alters and that's what helped me I was going through so much pain in my comfort zone. I didn't understand. And I'm just like, okay, am I going to sit here and be comfortable and be in pain, even though it doesn't hurt that much because I'm right here? Or am I going to step out of my comfort zone and get rid of the pain completely? Because right now it's like, I'm like on like recovery mode, like sitting in my, sitting in my comfort zone was like recovery mode. Like after you get out of a surgery, you're comfortable, you're in your bed, but you're still in pain because you're recovering. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So once I made the decision to step out of that and start trying to quote unquote walk again, if we're talking about surgery and stuff like that, once I started to try and walk again and get out of my comfort zone and leave the leave that alone, like it altered everything. And that yes. was and that was the biggest thing for me. And I I regret not doing it sooner. 